Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening uh, is the dumbass himself. All we want to do is eat your brains. We have Mad Cat with us. Hello, hello, and I don't know where we go. <laughs> and we have our special guest, Eric Bickernick. Yes. Nix. Feel free to... Yeah, feel free to refer to me as Dumbass 2. Dumbass 2, okay. <laughs> and of course, Mac is around, ah, and he'll be joining us. <laughs> I don't think we have any housekeeping th- tonight. Uh, you know, without Ian here, there's no there's no books to hawk, and uh, and there's no cons going on, so we can just move on with the show. So there's we no cons with that. So um, Eric uh, Bickernex is here with us this evening, and he's written a uh, book called High Strangeness, and it's about... Uh, <clears throat> It's about UFOs. I mean, what what else? Uh, what, what would you like to tell me about this book? It has uh, dragons. It doesn't have dragons. Oh, that, that's that, that's a reference. We won't go into that reference <laughs> yet. Uh, off camera, off mic reference. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, um, I'm basically, I'm sort of addressing uh, as a skeptical guy. I'm sort of addressing the folklore of the whole UFOs out there in the UFO community, the whole crowd. And basically, it's a satire on all of that cult leaders anyone with a crackpot theory of whatever they got um and the story itself is is based on that what if a ufo kept coming back to a certain spot and people were waiting for it and obviously it would attract some interesting people uh waiting for the ufo to come by to come back again and basically i set it on cape cod which is like a little peninsula at the beginning of tourist season. So basically, I'm using sort of the alien, the quote alien invasion, uh, along with the tourist invasion. Uh, and basically, then mayhem ensues. Okay. Well, I guess, I'm still working on my elevator pitch, so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So, I mean, you you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur. And so you've gone from uh, kettle corn business, um, you've done, it sounds like a bunch of other things, and, and all the way on the other end now to a, a writer. Right, so so I mean, you you kind of done the gamble. What else? What what else have you done? This prepared you to, to write these books, right? Well, no, basically, I'm a, a frustrated filmmaker. Okay, basically, we'll call it a failed frustrated film. My I shot a big fat indie feature back in 2000. So oh. I've written, you know, movies. I've written stories. Uh, I've been writing funny little you know bits my whole life. Um, and yeah, at this point, I would have written this whole story out as a film uh, screenplay, but you know, who the hell's going to read a screenplay? Um, and I figured, well, if I get it in book, and I have something to say about UFOs, extraterrestrial life, and all that. So instead of just writing up as an essay or a blog post that, you know, gives a crap, um, yeah, I'll say it in a book form. And then there, if the world wants to just ignore it, to like, okay, good, there, I said it, there it is, it's in a book. Uh, I think this would be a cool movie. I'm working on the film uh, screenplay now. Fine, the world may not give a crap about that. But there, it's, I said it, it's done. Throw it in my grave when I die and just, yeah, shovel over, you know, so I, dirt. So you, you've, <laughs> but but you've written a book about that, too. That That's alt.film journal, how I made a low-budget film uh, for uh, $32,000. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm still broke. Yes. So, so that, uh, that's four thousand more dollars than Kevin Smith, right? Because wasn't he twenty eight thousand? Uh, see, yeah, exactly. No, I, I was inspired by Kevin Smith and and R- R- Rodriguez. There, you could shoot your big indie feature, you know, blah blah blah. Yes, that was a story into itself back in the day. But when I did it, it was like, yeah, you're the tenth guy to do that. It's like, so what? <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, my, I used a lot of my friends as actors. So, yeah, that's that was yeah. 
that was kind of an issue. Uh, technically, I thought I did well. I had to shoot it on film, film, uh, right before uh, you could submit on to digital on places like um, Sundance. Yeah, you know, so so I went through the whole process. I, you know, I did it again. You can throw that into the grave with my book <laughs> when you guys bury me uh, shortly. Okay, and so oh. the, another book is the Kettle Corn Business, and this is how you describe that you were able to make money in your underwear. Is that is that am I getting that right? Uh, well, no. I, I have to you have to wear underwear when you make kettle corn. Okay, but um, <laughs> no. The, uh, well, yeah, no, the, my online marketing, that's a whole other thing where you can make money in your underwear, right? If you're selling whatever things, that's kind of another sort of little scam. You know, I tried, and I'll, you know, quote okay. scam. So you had special sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's two that references. The world will never get that reference. <laughs> but we were talking about masturbation before we started, so that's what I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, that, that's a big part of the show. We have a whole section called the masturbation moment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did notice that you have a, uh, a a cult in this book that uh, uh, is all about having sex with extraterrestrials, and I I would be seriously tempted to join that cult <laughs> well, if that, well, that was the benefit. Right. The, like I said, that that whole I have a character called Click. Uh, basically, he's when the UFO arrives, he thinks that's his mothership back to the planet, so he can have sex with all the aliens that you know, a part of his the the, the Fornicians, the Fornicians uh, from the star Alpha Fornus in the in this constellation Fornax. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically sort of similar to what Marshall Applewhite was going on about Heaven's Gate, right? Where they okay. you know. I know, yes, finance tragic. He, yeah, his whole gang killed themselves. Whoops. Um, but yeah, my in my story, it's funny. So it, it throws so like sex. What did, did uh, Click have any uh, funny way of uh, arriving to this conclusion? Did he have some sort of vision, or was it just some sort of uh, train of like really obscure numbers put together to mean this or something? Well, did he read Robert Hubbard? <laughs> or, or if you follow Billy Mayer, which is another cult leader who basically said that oh, his father man. was a plagiarian who came to him and had sex. and that, So, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. The plagiarians right. aren't really known for – they're not really known for having sex with people. They're usually known for copying people's books. Okay. Isn't, thinking, that what the, isn't that what the plagiarians do? Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> included the Raelians. Now toss in the Raelians who do want to have sex. Yeah, and just mix them all together. Like, the whole, all those guys are funny. So come on. This is just, I'm just mining <laughs> comedy I, gold. I love that. I do love the name Fornications, though. Fornications, yeah. I'm, I still haven't, yeah. But there is a star called Alpha Fornicus in, in, the, in, the, in the star cluster Fornax. There you go. Okay. You know what would be funny is like after the uh, events of uh, all of the whatever happens in your book about uh, the aliens and the invasion and everything, suddenly the fornication show up and they're like, hey, we're here to have sex. Okay. <laughs> that, no, that, that's, that's where the book goes to. The uh, click actually is waiting on the airfield, waiting for them to be abducted. Uh, and to have sex, that's, yeah, that's just, that's where naturally, what would you do if you had? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, if, if the fornications turned out to be real. Okay, so, but here's the thing. Yeah. So, the, the book starts out with, with, with Ken and Noodle, right? So, Kenny and Noodle start, start up in, in there, and they're, they're, they're faking a crop circle. So, yes. so they, so we started with it with, I mean, this guy is kind of the, uh, the quintessential, like almost jerk skeptic who's just like in your face with everything skeptical. He doesn't have any tact. It's just everything uh, is bullshit, right? Is, is, is that, it's kind of what it seems like to me. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's that? I said it's you. It's me. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fine. <laughs> sure. I, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, so, you know, we all kind of go through that stage, right? As right. we start, you know, like all this stuff, we, we're, we're mad that we fell for stuff for so long that, that we're taking it out on everybody who believes it. Right. Well, it's, it's, well, it's through fiction. You can actually express this. So, yes. Yeah. That was part of the deal. Right. <laughs> so, and so they, and I, and I'm trying to decide, you know, the, the ethics of, of faking a crop circle just to, you know, to get a whole bunch of people out there going, oh, look at, look at the aliens were here, and then saying, ha-ha, here's the, here's the video on how we did it. Is right. This, well, his it, plan was to show, obviously. You right. Know, look, look, you know, early on, his plan was, oh, no, no, look, look, there it is. It's fake. I showed you guys. Look, I'm showing you how it's done. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of video out there already of people making crop circles. You take a board, you push it down with right. your foot. Yeah, and that was his plan, but then it, it got screwed up. Because, well, yeah, so I won't even... <laughs> yeah, another guy was making a crop circle at the same time. Somebody else and, was doing and, the same and they, thing. And they screwed it up. So, yeah, so basically, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, it didn't work out. So, I mean, do it, do it, does it, do we ever get back to that the disaster oh, oh. or... Oh, very, very much so. Okay, I, good. I, All I, right. I can, yeah, hell, I can, okay. I, can, I can spoil it for you if you want. Yeah, no, no, you don't. You have, I mean... <laughs> Not, here, no spoilers. I mean, we're, no, we're basically what? spoiling the first chapter, right? But I think, uh, the, yeah, but whatever. that's the, the but yeah. that's kind of the setup for the whole book, right? I mean, the first, I mean, as you're setting it up, you know, you're going through each person, and I mean, right. even even the dog has a, has a beginning chapter. We get we're, so we're seeing a lot of this through the eyes of the dog as well. Right. Um. The dog now. Now the dog. You're probably going. Oh, a talking dog. No, that would be silly. No, this is just a mere. <laughs> no, I, I, I think found the. Uh, I found the voice of the dog in the story to be fairly realistic from the dog's tone. <laughs> right, there you go. Right, right. Particularly the importance of turkey shit. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Most of the, the uh, library a lot. The, the aspect of the dog, though, is I'm kind of doing a steal from uh, Flowers from Algernon. Uh, if you guys familiar that, with it's, it's always a movie called Charlie... Uh, Cliff Robinson was, was basically retarded yeah. through through some medical advance, became a genius. I thought, wouldn't it be funny if, if a dog became a genius and ultimately ended up uh, with an existential crisis? And basically, it's it's a golden retriever. So I, just the concept of a golden retriever having an existential crisis is just funny to me. Just you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go, boy, I got a flat. And then and then and then Melissa, the reporter, is is right. is the other is the other kind of uh, piece that makes up this. Right. Um, the, the, the whole, uh, I guess that that's our cast of characters. So what is, what is a Melissa's deal? Yeah. Well, see, like I said, I needed a character to cover Cape Cod because I wanted to have it like Cape Cod, literally like its own character where literally everything happens, uh, all across Cape Cod out to the end of it, Provincetown. Cause you know, I live here. So write what you know, um, what I found was interesting, I had a guy who just recently read it, and, you know, he's from Arkansas, and he goes, you know, I really like all that Cape Cod references, and I was looking into it, and I never thought anyone would, would you know, give a crap about Cape Cod, but, you know, it, okay, that sounds cool. It, you know, that's part of the story, the location itself. Sure. Well, I think that that area kind of has a, has a life of its own, you know, it already yeah. is a character in a, in a lot of ways, so, yeah. so, you know, so you kind of using that, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, well, I was hoping if well, all, all, the worst case scenario would be like, well, maybe I can pitch it to a few people here on the Cape. Say, look, look, the book is about Cape Cod. And it's like, mm, it's got aliens, it's got real foes. No, 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 don't mind that. Look, it's about Cape Cod. And dragons. <laughs> you know, it, oh, dude, <laughs> the third uh, off mic reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, uh, no, I'm not sorry. 
You should have. The audience should have been here 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> When the real fun started, right? Uh, yeah, was that? Well, I mean, I did record the pre-show. We've got it, so. Do this right. Three sentences. Okay? Yeah. Basically, I was pitching my book to a bunch of authors, right? You know, basically, you know, New England. Oh, sorry, not authors, but a small group of people at the New England. Uh, what the hell is it called? New England da, 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 Authors Expo up in New Hampshire. I sat there, paid money for the privilege to try to give away the book. Nobody cared. It was like, what's it, you know. I said, look, it's Cape Cod. It's like, eh, UFO, eh. They immediately went over to the guy next to me who's had a, uh, was a fantasy author with a big dragon on their book. You know, and it's, it's just like, okay, the guy's just, just another version of a dragon. He sold seven books. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, I should have had a friggin', I should have had a friggin' dragon. Uh, it's, oh yeah, the, in, the, in the moral story, there's hey, stupid, write the genre. I didn't write the genre. I'm trying to do something different and funny here. So, that, I mean, I guess the question would be that I would have is: Is there anything else like this, like like your book? I mean, have are there is there anything mainstream similar to this? <laughs> well, all right, uh, uh, all right. How about how about uh, what are those guys called? The um. Oh, they're, they're spin off from the X Files. The um, the, the, the lone gunman. Oh, yeah. Now, all right. I was, I was, I when I heard of the lone gunman, I'm sort of like, yeah, an, an okay X File fan. But when I heard about the lone gunman spin off, I said, that sounds cool. Okay, conspiracy guys, funny guys. We don't just have to watch Mulder and Scully, you know, you know, moan at each other. I thought that would, now that's gonna be cool. But no, the whole thing sucked basically, and a lot of people just yeah, it was they tried to be. Fun. It was almost like written by somebody who didn't know how to write funny. And, and just did a bunch of guys. You know, the point is, I was really disappointed on that. So this kind of like follows that, where you know you have characters who are into the conspiracy ness of all of it all, uh, and want to explore it. But hopefully, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I can't promise. I say I, I can't promise everyone. Listen, that this is going to be funny because yeah, it's funny is different from everybody. But yeah, I was shooting for amusing. So how about that? People have told me it's funny. Okay, good. <laughs> Actually, um, as I was reading it, it, it kind of was a little bit reminiscent to me of both Carl Hyacin and Christopher Moore. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In fact, I tried to track down the literary agent of Carl Hyacin, um, and no. <laughs> what the hell is this? Right? Yeah. You know. Yes. But the mm. local, the local flavor of the, uh, the local flavor of the town really right. does add to it. Yeah. Yeah, Carl Hyacin, oh fine. I'm I'm plagiarizing. Well not plagiarizing, but yes, inspired by Carl Hyacin ish, kind of. Yeah. And the the book I was thinking of Christopher Moore Christopher Moore's was The Lust Lizard of Melico Melancholy Cove. All right. That's a good book. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> So but I mean, so you you've got I mean you've got these characters that you put together, but right. you but you have you've rooted this in an actual UFO sighting, isn't it isn't Right. Okay. So, right. So what? What Basically, is? Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Couple. Well, couple of things. Uh, the 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 main UFO basically is similar to the uh, Phoenix Lights V shaped UFO, and apparently V shaped uh, V shaped UFOs are big now these days, right? Um, right. Yeah. We're and, we're seeing a lot of them. Yeah. And the first one happened, I guess, in Phoenix. Well, not the first one, but a major one happened March thirteenth. I got my notes here, nineteen ninety seven, over Phoenix. There were two sightings. Blah blah. blah some flares that went behind some mountains. And then a whole V-shaped thing flew over Phoenix, and there was a similar sighting also, and in, uh, in, uh, the was Illinois, and March fifth, two thousand. Okay, well, I'm gonna let you. What? 
I think that am I, am I babbling? Am I about to cut someone's cut me off? I'm babbling. No, I know. I'm sorry. No, I think that's background noise from Mad Cat's side. Oh, okay. Becker. Oh, Becker. Oh, Tango is Sid. All right. Yeah. Take so, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are two birds. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No. So basically, I'm starting the whole. Uh, the first sighting is with a V-shaped thing, and I'm basically, you know, uh, laying out similar to uh, the uh, the Illinois UFO thing, where a cop sees it and then they watch it and they follow it. Okay. Um, literally in the same spot, Bud Hopkins, and I'll toss it on, on another na- famous sort of. Uh, UFO person there, but Hopkins was a famous uh, writer, painter guy who lived here on on the Cape out there by Provincetown, and uh, he's had a sighting in uh, in 1964 in Truro, which ultimately led to him writing books about being abducted and he put people on, under uh, hypnosis, uh, and he had his sort of claim to fame back in the 80s as sort of the the proponent of of we've got to put people under hypnosis and we'll learn all about these abductee stories. Uh, and my first point is like, well, you tell me, that, wait a minute, that the aliens don't know about hypnosis, and then somehow we fooled the, hip, the aliens that, you know, are they sitting on their spaceship going, damn, Zork, you didn't say they knew about hypnosis. Now they know who we are. It's like, so, right. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we've talked about hypnosis before. And one of the problems is that, it, that it's easy to lead somebody to an explanation. Right. I mean, it, it's... So it's, it's not reliable in the first place, right? It's manipulative, right. yeah, exactly. So you're using something manipulative to get to to get to this in the first place. It, it's it's crazy that 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 so much that so much people rely on that so much. I mean, it, it's yeah, it has especially its when they use that kind of stuff on children whose memories right. are malleable. Yeah, there you go. They got that whole. I, I concur. Right, yes. and so <laughs> so to, to to use it to get reliable information is I. And, is not an effective way to use it. But if it helps somebody quit smoking, great, use it. It right. has its purposes. I'm not saying right. that, but but I mean, to get reliable information, that's where I start to have problems. But so many people like post, uh, what is it, the regression stuff, you know, the past life regression and all that. Um, I, I was at, I was hey, at. Hey, 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 don't knock that. <laughs> now you're offending me, Brian. I was a dog <laughs> hunting in three of my past lives. Yeah, okay. I know, I was riding a dinosaur right. with with uh, big cone things and all this other stuff, I don't. It was fun. How come? How come no one's ever like an accountant? A real boring job. Like I just, I just had a clay tablet. I just stuck I, I, things in. I was That's just actually, I... I was just actually thinking of trying to think of a boring job to say that I was right. in the past. Like, <laughs> there you go. An accountant holding a clay tablet with. I just, yeah. I just did. Po- I just poked the clay the whole my whole life. It's kind of boring. It's like... <laughs> I was a honeypot cleaner in my past life. Right. <laughs> I, I was a slave. I just, uh, I, I dug shit. I, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, nobody's ever a slave. Everybody's a king and a queen in their past life. Yes, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so it, well, with, the, with these UFOs, I think that, I mean, there's a, there's a conflation between, you know, when people say UFO, it's, uh, most people, it's, it's conflated to be extra, extraterrestrial. But all it really means is it's something we can't identify. It's like, I believe in UFOs, right? I'm just not convinced that aliens have come, you know, to, to, to the planet. Well, and I love the uh, I love that main character's viewpoint that if they've come and they've looked at us, they don't need to come down and actually abduct anybody. They can know everything about us from space. No, right. no, 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 Matt. What exactly it is is that it's the teenagers that come down and abduct, <laughs> abduct people. Uh, what they do is they find the, the uh, most lost that's ones. The, yeah. That's the that's the Douglas Adams viewpoint. Right. Easers. And yep. keep, those damn kids are on my lawn. Those damn alien kids keep landing their spaceship on my lawn. I know. God and they're, they're just doing pranks. It's the, <laughs> it's the alien version of cow tipping. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
I, I kind of have, yes, I have my sort of main character rant about this, which, what do you know, it just, yeah, it's just spewing forth. Uh, but, yeah, so like I said, my whole issue is is certainly for extraterrestrial life, yes. Now, we're all going to agree that, yeah, with, 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 what is it, the latest count is like 100 billion galaxies, right. I think, are out there, right? That, yeah, okay, fine, there has to be someone else out there. But the issue is, first of all, do, you know, do they have to make the trip? Uh, and two, how close do they have to be uh, to make you know to actually observe us, right? Because the f first thing that you could certainly um, assume, right, is they have greater if if they exist, right, or if they made the trip, <laughs> uh, they certainly have their powers of observation are much greater than ours, right? That's probably the only thing you could really, yeah, say, yeah, they're smarter, right. they are powers of observation, right? You guys, you know, you guys would agree, right? Uh, it's greater, right? Actually, maybe they're something like poachers. <laughs> okay. Well, but here's the thing. You know, they, they, you know it, could, it could be that uh, their that their technology isn't that far in advance of us. Maybe they've got like a, a generation ship that relying on relying on tele tele technology that's not all that much greater than ours. Just well, they like that. Yes, duh, this stupid alien hypothesis then, yes. So so if they made it all the way through, you know, they, they made it through space, right? Let's say they assume traveled near the speed of light. You have to m miss every little tiny particle going that speed or you're toast, right? Or you would go, oh, no, they bent space. Okay, fine, they can bend friggin' space. Yet, oh, damn it, they hit our planet. Exactly, they crash it. They on. can't put the brakes yeah. on. <laughs> right, as if, like, Zork, look out. You know, it's like, come on, guy. Give the, give the aliens some credit here that they're going to be much smarter than us and and the movie aliens that we've been dealing with you know if they were much much smarter than us they would be they would make terrible movie villains because they would just win well they'd be they'd be more technologically advanced than us i'm not sure about smarter well again how do you define smart so yeah that's, that's true too yeah but there's a difference between street smarts and space smarts yeah because space smarts <laughs> can have you uh show up on a planet when you are uh, deathly allergic to water, that is three quarters water. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I thought someone said space farts. I thought we were going to go even. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, not space farts. Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> well, and then if they get all the way here, they, they have yes. to abduct us to have sex with this. I mean, you, you can you find go. you can have find plenty of people to get consent. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> There's no need to abduct people, one. right? You, you <laughs> My point, yeah, again, my point, po final point was just like, so how close do they have to be to observe us? If they have power, greater powers of observation, why can't they be out orbiting by Pluto or even the Oort cloud? And like, yeah, we can perfectly see what's going on. We don't have to, you know, go all the way into someone's bedroom and then pluck them out. Right. It's well known that Earth girls are easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kind of wonder how much an alien can learn through our ass. Well, yeah. <laughs> What's with the hey, it's problem? all about the poop. <laughs> at, at least as much as my doctor can. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like an analogy for our, our culture, old brother? Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> no. I agree. I concur. How about that? <laughs> no, it's from a comedy. Right. <laughs> no, so no, when you were, um, I don't know, maybe this will get us on the wrong track. And you, you, did you look at some of the alien abductees? I mean, have you looked at like Stan Romanak and some of these, some of these, you know, um, some of these guys who eventually? I mean, it's just shown that they were just totally full of it. I guess people well, people yeah. disagree with me about Stan Romanak, but I mean, he 
he claims that you know that that the you know that the aliens were abducting him, and that you know, and he makes this claim for years and years, and he says that you know that you know basically that you know the FBI and that they're all watching him and everything, and come to find out that he was right about that, it's because he was into child pornography. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the uh, weren't, weren't the aliens that, that abducted him uh, the rubber maskatrons from Max, Maskatron Five. <laughs> I mean, I think the aliens planted the pornography in order to discredit him. That's <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they wanted him to stop. I mean, but did you spend any time looking at some of these guys? Oh, no, 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 I've been yeah, I've been paying attention my whole life here. Yeah. Uh, I had fun going all through uh, Marshall Applewhite's online uh, uh, exposés about you know uh, the, the, his whole cult thing. Just that was just fun listening. Just, just, just. I made it a point to say I got to know what this guy's about so I can sort of you know write. In his sort of viewpoint, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. But th- on the whole alien thing, though, is is I guess I remember as a kid, there's only a few um, UFO books, right? And back in those days, before we've all agreed upon that they're grays and they have black eyes and they're, you know, um, uh, basically back in the day, uh, it was always cool to say, oh, well, what, what do that guy's aliens look like? Well, my aliens were elephant-looking things that floated and then da 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 da. And now, nope, we've all agreed upon they're all exactly the same. Yep, they're black eyes, uh, you know, same thing they had in, you know, Close Encounters. Who's that? Is that Tango or is that Tango or Sid? No, that's Cappy. Yeah. Cappy, is this three birds? These are three birds. <laughs> right. There's a whole aviary right. there. Yeah, so. I've, I've, I've actually uh, done uh, done a little bit of uh, research into, like, uh, earlier depictions of uh, aliens, too. It's, it's right. really interesting how it goes. Like, a lot of them were just, like, humans with, like, golden or silver colored skin basically right. that that you would see that would come down and take somebody on a on a tour to venus or whatever right that by the way that person i'm sure was just watching lost in space because if you just swap out unitards you know leotards you got a new alien go ahead yeah yeah <laughs> and then there was the interesting case of um of the uh, uh the whole uh newspaper hoax uh from the sun where um, they they had people uh, uh, claim to have been uh, a special looking at a special telescope at the movement and finding like beaver people and bat people. Oh, bat boy! Yeah, well, in fact, yes, yeah. I, have, I have the Weekly World News in there. Also, I have the uh, Mel, the reporter, actually ends up writing for the sort of a similar Weekly World News uh, paper. Just yeah, yeah. This, this was actually a, uh, this <laughs> right. was actually a regular newspaper right. back in like the early <laughs> 1900s. Oh, okay. So, back back yeah. in the day. Cool. <laughs> well, always the animals, always the animals. We've talked about that. <laughs> What's Tango doing now? Tango, Tango, sit, Tango. Here. <laughs> oh, the one who'll do that is Cappy, right, Cappy? Cappy, let's let's all get Cappy to sing. Cappy, <laughs> you don't want Cappy to sing. All right. Cappy is uh, Cappy doesn't sing. Cappy has two volumes, and it's one is very quiet, and the other one is uh, ear piercing. All right, but, all right, but on the previous thread, all right, I'm convinced that, all right, Whitney Schreiber's book, um, I'm blanking out here, uh, Communion. Communion, yeah. Had, had, now, that was the classic alien. It didn't have black eyes, but it had the pointy eyes, the little chin, and that book sat, I remember as a kid, you know, I'm looking, looking at the book at, the, at every um, supermarket. There it is. So I think the world kind of went, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like from there. Darken the eyes. Spielberg shows up with uh, Close Encounters. And, you know, and oh, notice yeah, how okay. Spielberg still had a eh, kind of a lumpy-headed alien for for the parent, the little well, ones. That's because you know. it's made out of a whole bunch of you know mashed potatoes. Yeah. 
So, so you can tell, you can almost watch it sort of evolve into like, okay, we all now agree upon aliens should look like that. Okay, fine, yes. It's now completely gone into folklore. We all know what leprechauns look like. Yes, they look like that. You know, and aliens yeah. now look like that. Yeah, if you even say little green men now, people uh, people are like, yeah, we, we don't think aliens are green. Right, yeah, they're <laughs> evolved. Right. Didn't, uh, isn't there, um, I'm trying to forget, that there's somebody who makes a claim that that's the movie Species also had a, a an impact on on what you know on UFOs and what people were seeing. And after that, or maybe that was or was that the Chupacabra or something? <laughs> was that the Flintstones? Well, I mean, I think, species... uh, I think Ben Radford has made that argument. That's Ben Radford, right? He makes it argument, and, and that's about that's about UFOs as well, right? That 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 particular also had an impact on on what aliens looked like after that movie came out. And also that, you know, we're talking about the alien-human hybrids at that point, right? Yeah, I think Ben Radford uh, traced uh, the, the depictions of like in re- that in relation to the chupacabra. The chupacabra, the okay. But yeah. also other stuff. Like, I think he's done aliens, too, and things like that. Right. All I, all I remember is the, spe- the species cover having a hot chick on it, right? That's all I remember. Yep. Yeah, that's all I remember. I know some kind of some kind of uh, blah, 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 alieny yeah limbs, but it was a hot chick on there. Okay, okay so that's the chupacabra. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's the same thing. There, that's there, the important thing. There's yeah. one. There's one kind of point that cultivates this look <clears throat> for the whole next generation, right? So they they found one thing that everybody could kind of go, okay, that's aliens. That's the grays, and so we, right. we go with that. Um, and and so. Same thing, and the same thing happened, I guess, with the chupacabra. Because when you go back and look at old pictures of the chupacabra, that everybody kind of had their own thing that it looked like, and now it's kind of morphed into this kind of one consistent. This is the chupacabra thing. Yeah, it right. kind of looks like a dog with mange. That's what, it. Well, yeah. And it bugs me that it's now taken into sci-fi, where basically now these days, when you want an alien. Uh, you know, actor to play an alien, you put a lump of forehead, you put a glop of, of rubber on the forehead, and ta-da, cover them, you know, ta- one alien, off you go, uh, out of the chair, and get, you know, get into the studio. So it's like literally everything in Star Trek, if you're an alien, you exactly. got, a, you got a, a chunk of rubber on your forehead. That's what it's I was like, just thinking, because that's you know. exactly what Star Trek does. I mean, every new species is just, it's just a it's couple a different pieces of rubber. Of rubber. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, now, now <laughs> I realize that. Go ahead. Stargate with the uh, thing on the middle of the head, their uh, expiry date. What was you that? know, they have that in Stargate. They have that like stamp in the middle of their head. Really, you watch Stargate? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I watched Stargate Atlantis, which had a Canadian in it. So yes, okay, fine. <laughs> but yeah, you can tell it's just, and I realize yes, it's real easy to put a, a lump of rubber on some actor's forehead. They're out of the chair into the studio filming away. You know, but I mean, hell, at least like I said, back in. Uh, uh, you know, Star Trek's day, at least, you know, at least they changed leotards and like, okay, there you go. All right, we got a Gorn. Yeah. Okay, there it is. All right, well, fine. Next. You know, you, know. you know, by Deep Space Nine, we had realized that all aliens just really looked like humans with uh, funny shaped foreheads. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. My, now, uh, when ears, I was a kid. Yeah, ears have to be big. Right. I remember as a kid, right? Okay. I remember as a kid watching, I still stand by uh, uh, War of the Worlds, the 1954-55 version or whatever, where the alien shows up and it's got like, yeah, it has an RGB uh, color wheel for, a, for, for some eyes. But still, it was, it was weird. And that was a cool, that was a cool alien. I was, you know, back in the day, at least it was alien, right? It was like, what the hell is it? Oh, my God. Ugh, you know, 
Now, now, now let's now cut to the, uh, the the Tom Cruise, you know, Spielberg War of the Worlds. Uh, so I'm sitting in the theater going, okay, here we go. It's all rendered. They can make anything they want, you know, anything. And sure enough, no, it's a bunch of a bunch of little dwarfy guys that kind of walk funny. They had round eyes, you know, the nose, you know, you know what you're supposed to expect to see an alien look like. Yeah, but um, that movie. Yeah, that, but the, the thing about that movie is that it was about a guy who was estranged from his kids and about his divorce. And as a side plot, aliens were destroying the world, right? So right. They, they weren't really the main focus of that movie anyway. So it didn't matter what they looked like. Well, but well, like, <laughs> sure. But I, but I was I was hoping at least that you know if, if you can render something, you can do anything you want. <laughs> but no, okay, yes, I realize. Yes, you're selling it to the crowd. You're selling it to your <laughs> audience. Um, it reminds have me of like have a love story. Oh yeah, and but it, it reminded me of, of the quote from uh, James Cameron when they when they said, "Listen, you're rendering Avatar, right? You could do anything you want for aliens. Why did you make them sort of look like humans in blue?" And basically he said. Um, that listen, I'm selling a I'm selling a movie to humans, so I'm going to make the aliens human, so I can do the whole you know they're angry, they're sorry, blah blah blah. Because if you remove all that, they're just you know a, you know a, 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 you know a shoebox or something. <laughs> just, what, else, what are you going to do? They're just a they're just a camouflaged creature in a mask with blades on its arm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that's a good point. In order to make your alien sympathetic, you, you right. got to make them look in a way that we can uh, relate to. Yeah. And also, there's all it's just a, it's just cheaper to do that. You know, if you're talking about like regular series like Star Trek or whatever, you know, like uh, you're getting actors in, and uh, it takes a lot more preparation to make them look like something right. other yeah. than human. <laughs> right. Well, they're going more Cthulian now. In some of them. I don't know. I think Yafit on uh, the Orville is pretty sympathetic. <laughs> I can understand his expressions. Yeah. Yeah. He, he makes he makes human-like faces, too. Yep. <laughs> and Tribbles. I don't know. How hard is it to make a Tribble? That was probably nice easy. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, Tribbles. Um, <laughs> they're one of, some of the easiest toys to make. That's for darn sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, in, in, terms of, in terms of the traditional aliens used in... You know, in fairly recent sci-fi, I think my two favorite examples are actually the Martians from Mars Attacks and Paul. <laughs> right. Agak. Yep. But Paul was the best, the best gray I've ever seen done. So. Paul was Paul was what? Paul the movie or Paul the character? What? Paul the Paul the the movie. Paul was the character. And uh, basically, he was the root of all of the all of the alien rumors because he he's basically what a gray looks like. Okay. But so you know they've had him in a government facility for years, and he's been like he's been taking phone calls from people like Spielberg and giving advice and thinking right. and things like that. If you have not seen this movie, yeah, I gotta see it. Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. And of course, don't forget Arrival. It's like so. Okay, here we go. At least we get we get to put an alien in a in a in a, in a smoky box. Yeah, they have tentacles. Okay, ooh, ooh, ooh. you know. Okay, fine. They were <laughs> least, interesting. Yeah, at least they didn't have two eyeballs looking at us. Fine, tentacles. Okay, fine. Yeah, right, good. You know, yeah, those are icky enough. So yeah, they're alien. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have like the one in Get a Life where it, if it dies or actually. Even if it's still alive, they taste really good and they reproduce <laughs> their body parts. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm snickering to myself because once you guys read the book, you'll understand why I'm snickering to okay. myself. Okay. <laughs> so, Asa, I mean, can, let, let's... Uh, Did you? I, well, I wanted to ask more questions. About, have you have you made any crop circles? Is this something you've actually done, or you just I mean, have you just looked online about about the other people talking about how they've done it? Say that again. What have you, you you're kind of? Oh, I'm sorry. Have Did, you actually done the crop circles? Uh, no. I was okay. thinking of doing that. I, uh, <laughs> I was thinking of, of maybe painting uh, um, um, Virgin Marys with dirt <laughs> up on walls. I'm like, that would be fun. I could definitely make a photo of that. It wouldn't take me, you know. So yeah, actually, I, yeah, I have my characters actually pondering that too. What, what do okay. you know? It just comes out in fiction. <laughs> I mean, because you know, uh, speaking of that, I heard that uh, a, a, a huge group of skeptics flocked to a stain shaped like Charles Darwin. <laughs> something going on here. no i was just wondering i mean I, I was just wondering how much firsthand um it, you know i mean have you have you have you spent a lot of time going out looking for ufos and stuff like that no okay, <laughs> like, okay. yeah i might have saw something if i was a, you know if i was a hysterical person i might have gone oh my god look at that oh my god, oh my god. it's yeah, a see, light it's a light it's moving sideways well but, that, yeah, that's always the problem like, i mean when it, so when i was looking around and you know you I mean, it could be anything. It could be, those lights could be anything, but people get right. so excited about lights, right. especially if they're in a row. And it's like, well, I mean, you, you have no idea what that could possibly be, and it's and you have no idea of the scale or, or where you know the distance or anything, especially at night. <laughs> and and so I guess that that brings me to another thing that that um, that your skeptic was doing in the book is that he was wor- he had a bunch of hoaxes that he was working on and another one was a, as a film of a, of a UFO during the day and he talked about the difficulties of creating a UFO during the day versus at night. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Now I've seen a bunch of footage. People claim it's fake. Yeah, you know, you know as a guy who has done three D models, three D rendering, yes, <laughs> it's a little trickier to actually put in the scene. It's actually easier now. Now that we have faster computers, mm-hmm. to say like fifteen years ago, it's like yeah, it's any any kid can drop in an object into a scene and have it motion track. You know, the handheld stuff. So yeah, it's much easier just to fake footage now. <laughs> okay, but how are you gonna? Oh, how yeah, would? Yeah, you can even get the, you can get the forms just. Go buy it and play can, on Daz. Right. right, but can you make a film? Uh, can you do this so good that that an expert wouldn't be able to tell? Right, a video. I mean, right. that's. Can you? That, well, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, I certainly would. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you can't rely on 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 film. You know, video evidence, oh. quote evidence. You know, because yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's just, just fake. <laughs> it, it seems to me that you could, like, if you were really familiar with this kind of stuff, you could probably. Um, edit it in a way that uh, nobody could find like obvious reasons to dismiss it as a fake. Right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like even an expert then uh, probably wouldn't be able to say, "Oh, this is a true film." They'd just be able to say, "I, I can't find any obvious reasons to dismiss it." So then, even video evidence would is not evidence anymore. Is yeah, what, I mean, that's what it comes yeah, down I'll to. Agree that. You know, I don't know. Let's go back to the Stan Romadek video. <laughs> I mean, he, he sees something out the window and then he goes off camera. And then after a short period, the rubber mask appears at the window. <laughs> okay. I don't see any way he could have faked that. We, we like we like this one. Because <laughs> He'd have to leave the room to do that. Our, 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 <laughs> our, our friends from the um, 
from the uh, what are they Rocky Mountain Paranormal Society when Stan Romanek was coming out and he was talking about this stuff and he talked about how he had this all this uh, this video footage and he released this one where, where where you saw an alien in the window kind of and and he released this as if is this big thing and so <laughs> right. they they immediately. You know, to spent the night going and creating a video of their own that looked just as good, if not better, right? right. Better. Then it better. looked, yeah, it looked better to just to show how, that they that they could do it, and they released this, and so they there's always been kind of, I mean, well, Stan Romanek probably hates them, but by, by you know, well, of course now he's in, well, he's he out of jail, he's probably out of jail, but but we like the we like the story because it was actually friends of ours that were you know constantly debunking um stan romanak and so we, we know a lot about that particular um you know hoax yeah well and plus he's local he's local flavor right he and for yeah when i was in colorado he was local so it seems that the, the, the final uh uh how would you what the word you can use the final well, the, the final let's say stumbling block but but can now a kid render a fake 3d a fake 3d bigfoot and have it completely believable because because up until ten years ago, yeah, you need the 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 the, the, the hair technology, yeah, you know, maybe hair uh, technology, hair yeah, technologies in Carrara, hair technologies in uh, Gaz Studio, right. hair technologies in Maya, right, it's in all kinds of different, you know, See, different, it's not as good, different uh, different valued suites, right. So the point is, so so you can fake a big a 3d bigfoot now in this day and age yeah it's still tricky you gotta you, know, you gotta motion track it exactly get it into your scene it's 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 still tricky as hell but it's sound it's doable so at this point any if somebody redid the patterson you know a type of footage that was you know as straightforward we'll say as roger patterson footage yeah you could probably do in 3d now so if someone does say look i've got some great bigfoot footage here it's like well did the guy render it you know where the question was back in 67 well did a cowboy get a suit uh, and was able to pull that off back in 67 you know i've seen some really really convincing bigfoot footage this guy named jack link does them Right. Um, they're oh, uh, God. they're beef jerky commercials. <laughs> right. And the Sasquatch in there looks really convincing. Right. I, I I was really disappointed that the MythBuster guys never said, "Look," and, and I know that they they you can't they could they could have never disproved Bigfoot. No, fine, you can't. But since those guys recreated tons of movie things, why didn't they say, "Listen, okay, we're going to recreate the Patterson footage with our own suit. We're going to get it." You know, they had access to all the 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 top Hollywood guys. Um, and say, listen, here, we're going to just recreate it and then, then do another version of it with just a cheap, you know, costume, a pair of pants that you pull on, you know, and a monkey right. mask or something and compare the two and say, listen, so is it easy to fake it? I mean, I know it's, you know, it, it takes a while. It's easy to take a pie plane, just whip it in the air. Okay. Click. Okay. We got a UFO. They were but, too, you know, I mean, getting yeah. the whole Bigfoot outfit is like, well, come on. It takes some work here. They were too careful. I mean, they, they, they were, they, they had. I want to what I want to say political limitations, right? But right. they were they were careful. But now Penn and Teller did not have that with their bullshit. I mean, they went they they actually they did a big they faked a Bigfoot um, sighting, and and they they were the ones that they were willing to go at it, right? They they were yeah, not. I was disappointed a couple of times with the mythbusters, and I guess they they uh, they're only as good as their source of information. But yeah, they they kind of like put their. Uh, backing behind police claims of uh, lie detectors being uh, really accurate, mm, which is yeah. did they really? I I mean, 
That's crazy because they and that's another one where well, Penn and Teller called bullshit. I just on remember them. they they did a they did a thing on uh, lie detectors and uh, basically the only like statistics that they had were like talking to police investigators or whatever who were saying that they're like oh they're like ninety seven percent accurate or whatever. Oh really? I didn't realize that. That that's that's crazy. Oh, no, that's no, no. that's not good. <laughs> See Penn and Teller once again they called bullshit on it, right? They, mm-hmm. they, and they went after him. And that's what the show was called. What, what the guy, now the, what, the Bigfoot footage, or, or do they, I, I'm pretty, I vaguely remember seeing that episode, but did they shoot, I think they shot some like, you know, you know okay, Bigfoot footage, but they oh, actually was, recreate Patterson right now. No, down they, to, they you know, the okay, they didn't recreate Patterson, they did, they did their own, and they released it, and it went viral, like, hey, oh, yeah. look, another Bigfoot, and then they came out and said, no, it was just us. Um, right. And, it, yeah, it wasn't as good as the Patterson, but it got just as much, you know, publicity because, right. I mean, it, that stuff gets – if it's remotely good, it takes off, right? But then I don't – after they did that, I don't think we've had another one that, you know, of somebody doing that. I don't what, – what, but now, what bugs me here, as a skeptic, yeah, uh, <laughs> here's some things that concern me as a skeptic regarding Bigfoot and specifically Roger the Roger Patterson footage. Uh <laughs> is okay, look, let's say, right? Let's say Roger Patterson, the cowboy, pulled off a, you know, that footage, just you know, and said, okay, it's fake. That's that's it's a really good fake. They, there it is, there's the proof that in 1967 a cowboy can put a monkey suit together that looks like that footage, right? With all the musculature. I've seen the close-ups, you know, where you can see the muscles moving and the neck moving and all that. Um and all right, so so if that's the proof that anybody can make a Bigfoot outfit, where are all the Bigfoot outfits? <laughs> I mean, wow. certainly there's money to be had on YouTube if you can get some really cool footage, of, especially if you can have a monkey outfit like we saw in Patterson, and just you know, again, not not just a shoulder blade. I've seen a ton of footage where, ooh, there's there's a back of one kind of hunched in the bush there, or when some guy shot some footage to a tent flap, it's like, oh my god. Um, so you know, <laughs> somebody just had a really good there. That's a good shot. Yeah, look, that guy's one, two, three, takes eight steps, bunk. Okay, yeah, shit, I'll, you know, <laughs> put it on YouTube, uh, get a million hits. There's money to be made, right, in just getting good footage out there. Where are all the monkey outfits <laughs> if they're that easy to build? Yeah, I don't know, and I, I'm not. I'm not sure that I agree that there's that it, it, it's easy to monetize. I mean, well, maybe ten thousand. What the going rate? From what I understand, if you have a million views on any piece of footage, I mean, one guy said he got like eight thousand bucks. Uh, sometimes it goes up to about ten thousand bucks. So there's money, you know, okay. to be made on on that. Oh, the other aspect of, of the whole Roger Patterson thing is, okay, so let's say he faked it, or he faked the fake, he faked, ha-ha, he did it, right? Why didn't he... Now, the, first of all, there's money to be made with this, right? There's a there's a book ready to go. There's a film deal ready to go. If that, the other the other guy, what's his, guy's, what's his, what's his buddy's name who's still doing the rounds? Uh, Roger Patterson and Gimlin, I think. Oh, are they still doing the rounds? Well, the guy, Roger Patterson's uh, dead. Gimlin is still doing Gimlin, the, okay. the UFO circuit. You know, people shake his hands. He, you know, he gets okay. paid, I guess. But there's money. If he said, okay, how I did it, how, how me and a cowboy fooled America back in 67 with our Bigfoot, you know, and just laid it out, there's money. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, and there's a film deal probably, too. So if the guy sure. did fake it, so why isn't he taking the money? Well, Dude, take the money. It's yeah. sitting right there. Just say, just say it. Go, just go. I, I faked it. Yeah, you know, my, you know, why doesn't he do it? <laughs> From a skeptic's point of view, you know. I mean, the, yeah, I, that's the, and this. <laughs> I mean, it's possible he believes it. 
Right? Well, mean, yeah. well, it's, that it's fake. Is fa- it's I mean, also possible that he, that what he's in it for is the attention rather than the money. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't There's know. Been a war, yeah. I, no, the, the, the interesting thing about the the, the the Patterson footage, which no, when I I remember watching it in the theater. I went to a they had a it was a documentary they built around it. Back we're talking seventy uh, four, you know seventy five, and I saw it as a kid. Like wow, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Fool, you know, wow. Um, and I remember looking as a kid going, you know, why does that Bigfoot's ass look flat? It looks like he's sitting on a log, perhaps, you know, waiting for the guy with the camera to show up, stood up, and then, you know, walked. <laughs> so, I, oh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of weird uh, about, the, about the costume itself. But they, you never see this. It, the, the footage continues. Once the guy, once Patterson drops the camera, you know, the, 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 the Bigfoot's still walking. He pulls it up just for a second. You see a straight-on back shot of it way in the distance. And when you look at it from the side, it looks, it looks kind of fat. It looks, I don't know. It looks kind of, I don't know, it doesn't look, you know, people talk about Bigfoots are powerful and they're strong. That last, there's like five frames of it where he just lifts the camera up. It's always cut off when you watch it. And it has some really big back muscles on it. I'm like, wow, he really did a good job on that fake suit. Cause that thing has got some massive back muscles, which you never see on the standard clip that you see. Again, he, fine, he could have faked some really good back muscles, but it looks very powerful from those last few frames out there. Again, okay. as a skeptic, like, you know. But he, okay, <laughs> you got to remember that uh, this is in the distance, and yeah. um, the video distortion can make things seem certain well, ways, you know? Yeah, right. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, but again, it was just it was there, you know. They, he got a couple of frames of it, you know, just still. But, but again, it wasn't lumpy, like, what a, yeah. what a kind of doughy look. No, it was a very powerful looking thing so but here's the thing even but the video evidence is not i it it's only it's only the first piece right there needs to be some follow-up pieces of evidence like you know a body you know or or poop right i'm not saying that this is evidence for it i'm just saying that yes the footage itself whether it's yeah faked or not whether it's you know but yeah exactly the ultimate yeah well yeah (laughs) there's a lot to be yeah hemmed and they're just just missing they're just missing too many pieces you know i mean The DNA. Yes. I mean, they've they've claimed the DNA stuff, and that's that. I mean, that's always fell flat, right? Right. Um, the last right. time the 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 woman that, um, you know, I guess did the DNA stuff, there was a lot of problems with with her methodology and stuff like that. And so, so you know, that something always happens, right? Um, you know, it gets lost or whatever. Is it? There's just there's just no good chain of custody. I mean, it's just it, it's on and on. It's like oh, if it's out there, I mean, just do it right. <laughs> I mean, if Biff was real, just do, do right. put the evidence together well, properly. Get a good chain of evidence. You know, get, I mean, get us what we need. I mean, there's just it, we're just left with too many questions to go. Yeah, he's out there. That's the problem. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and the way they just keep on uh, analyzing and analyzing the way the creature walks or whatever yeah, from I mean, a right. few frames in, in, in a in an old video seems kind of kind of they're, they're just like uh, they're not doing anything useful sometimes. You know, because if it's true. We want, I mean, we, if we, you know, if we have good chain of custody of evidence and stuff like that, we won't be skeptical anymore. Let's show, I mean, it's just, it's just, there's just, ah, they're always, it's always just falls flat somewhere, you know? Right. Well, yeah. Well, have them anymore because we'd kill them. Well, well. then life would be so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Having Bigfoots. Well, and the other thing is, 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 all right, every single person has a camera in their pocket, right? right? Unlike 67, where, okay, fine, we happen to have a cowboy with film loaded, you know, in, on a saddlebag, ready to go. Uh, yes, every single person, right? So there should be 
well, just every day, just like just, uh, just torrents of like, yep, another UFO, yeah, it's a silver thing, yeah, whatever. Yep, yep, another, yep, another Bigfoot, yeah, yeah, we've seen we've seen this a million times. Yeah, there's some more out there. Usually, it's a black dot. It's like that's oh, a Bigfoot. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, could be a guy in a coat. It's a black dot. Yeah. It's nothing there's, that there's, matches. There's a, there's a lot less excuse for fuzzy pictures or videos right. these days we'll be shooting four all of us will be shooting 4k in a little bit right i mean so point is everyone has a camera so there should be that much more footage coming in to us dismiss right. <laughs> as skeptics but well where's all that footage <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean so that's yeah well, should... and, and here's here's my question is if if there is uh a cryptid primate in the United States that is so capable of avoiding people now that it is not caught on all these different cameras. Why do we uh, have this cowboy back in the olden days catch him just walking casually along? Right. His story... So we've got we've got either these creatures are so incredibly aware that you can't spot them. They're aware of you far before you ever know anything about them or they're not, or they don't <laughs> or, exist. So it exists. Right. Yeah. And I recently bought myself a trail cam. Uh, and what I noticed on eBay is like, Hey, trail cams are really cheap. I mean, there's literally people going, oh, I got 20 of these. I'm trying to sell here. Take, take them for 50 bucks each. Uh, there's a lot of trail cams, uh, and there's, you know, there's so many more out there and what were all, there was all the trail cam footage. I mean, so, he's, so yes, there's some people, oh no, Bigfoots can see an infrared. I'm like, oh boy, you know, and that's <laughs> well, why they, they spot they are them. naturally blurry. Like there, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of trail cams out there. I'm taking trail cam footage myself in my backyard yeah. of the, of the foxes that come by. And, and I, yeah, recent, I think, I don't know, there's one sh- kind of a fuzzy trail cam shot I saw uh, from five years ago. But there's a lot of trail cams in addition to all the other cameras. And, and using the excuse of, well, no, they can sense them. They're smart. I'm like, you know, boy. Okay, well. <laughs> have, have we uh, gone over on here the theory that uh, Bigfoots have, like, uh, some form of wormhole or dimensional yeah, travel yeah, the, to get out no, of people's boy. way or something? We, we've, certainly, yeah. we've certainly talked about how they travel through vortexes, right? That's why we can't, well, that's they, why we they, can't they, catch them. It's well known that they vibrate at a different rate than yeah. us. Well, yeah. That's why they're naturally blurry. <laughs> we talked about when we had um, Jason Cordova from the Skeptic Society on. Oh no! What? What? No! What is it? Is the Crypto Science Society? Is that what is? Is that Jason Cordova's? I don't. I want to I do think him. So. He's a he's that a friend of the right. show, and and he definitely. I mean, he's he's definitely pretty good, you know, at de- at the deduction of the evidence. But he but he definitely weights the evidence differently than we do to come to to come to different conclusions. Um, but he, we talked about it, when we talked about Bigfoot with him. That was, you know, his big thing was that, uh, and I don't know if we did this on the show or on the after show. That basically, that you know, just the they're they're very intelligent and they're just able, capable of avoiding us is, is kind of where he came down on it. I I hope I'm not misrepresenting him. If 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 we are, he can he can come tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, but my question comes back to it then: if they're capable of avoiding us, why did they not do it that time? Well, and and that's a, and that's a really good point, and that and I think that would be a good question for Jason Cordova. We can have him back on. <laughs> tango, 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 come on, yeah. tango. Actually, that's Sid. All right, Sid, so sorry, Sid, 
So, <laughs> so we're we're at about an hour now. So, what's your next project? What what, what what's the next thing you're working on? Well, I'm basically I'm putting together the film script of the book. Okay. Uh, and then and then since since no one will yeah we'll see how the book far I can get the book to go. So when, uh, when that fails, so yeah. what, what are you doing next? <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, no, I don't. I don't mean to be no, so no, pessimistic no, about no, it. No, I do. No, I, the plan is to become a coffee farmer on Kona. <laughs> I, that's that's my that's it. Screw it. I'm I yeah. I I give up. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm sorry. No, but I have other books. I mean, hell yeah, Christ, I have a whole sequel I got planned for this one. Uh, I, yeah, I got other stories. But if the world doesn't give a shit, like, all right, <laughs> fuck okay. it. I mean, here's the thing: is that I mean, I think all of us that I mean, I, when I was reading the book, the, the first chapter almost threw me out of it because I was I was just. You know, because the, the type of skeptic that he was. But then as the book went on, man, I got so I'm, I'm getting more and more engrossed in it. And so I'm really enjoying the book. And probably because because it's written by a skeptic and we are skeptics, you're, you're kind of you're definitely feeding that piece of us that, you know, that probably we're, we're frustrated about anyway. Um, and so and so we're all enjoying the book. I just hope that, you know, that other people can identify with that and that it can do well for you. I, I, I hope so, because I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Well, well, the movie version, yeah, won't have that in there. Since okay. There's, you know, you got to boil eighty thousand words down to twenty thousand words as a screenplay. So yeah, you got to. It's amazing how. I mean, I wrote this as as sort of a you know a a movie idea, and I'm still having a hard time you know chopping it down into just one hundred twenty pages of screenplay. So yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, we'll all have to go. Well. The militancy, we'll say. Well, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep us informed on how that's going right. because you know because. Uh, like I say, we we have an and I'm and I'm interested in um, in some of the other books that you've written there as well. The um, artifact I think is is uh, also Artifice. seen Ar- Artifice. Yeah. I'm sorry, I yeah. apologize. Uh, I and that that sounds like an interesting book too. The you know the idea that somebody so basically the the idea behind that book is that somebody you know thinks that um, this person's art is going to be valuable in the future, so they're buying so that so they're buying everything that he does now in order to you know to have it to you know when it when it's worth something. Right. Is that but. Okay. But the, but but this perfect patron here here's the inciting incident uh, is the perfect patron burns everything that he does. Oh, I didn't know that. No, easy. You got to read the whole thing. Okay, I, I, I definitely. <laughs> right. Okay, excellent. Thus, he burns thus, everything he did. Yes. Thus, bringing up bringing up the question as as an artist, you know, us, us you know, it's, whatever. As an artist, you create. And thus, you like to think, well, this will go on. My book will be will go on beyond. I'll be dead, but my book will still be here. Or if you're a painter, well, I'll be dead, but my paintings will still be here. Okay. But if you get hired by somebody and they just said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm t- here's, here's the money, but all of your work is gone, <laughs> how do you deal with it? Uh, okay, that's an, okay, interesting. Well, all right. There actually was an artist who did plus. that kind of thing. He, there was an artist who uh, sold a, a painting uh, at an auction type thing <clears throat> and when the painting sold when the person went to go up to get it and it's in front of a whole bunch of people the thing just destroyed itself <laughs> no that thing, yeah well that, that was no yeah was the banksy one that it, it yeah it ripped he did it on purpose though that was the whole yeah thing. he did it on purpose uh, yeah and all I right. believe that the, the the film called uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, which I guess is right on at Netflix on the front page there, they produced it. That has that a similar theme of, of finding an artist who's dead and they sell it. But my point was the artist knows. Artist? The what? They found the artist that was dead and sold yeah, it? Yeah, apparently an artist died and they left the paintings and they were selling it and da-da-da-da. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of one of the themes here. My yeah. point is the artist. No, my point. 
in my story, the artist knows his paintings are being destroyed. Is he, is he going to just sit there and take the money? Like, well, I'm getting paid. A house painter doesn't care if, you know, the house burns, whatever. I got paid for it. So, so what? All right. All right, Eric. <laughs> well, like, um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, artist. Uh, an artist who did, uh, made. <laughs> <That guy. laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. An artist who made houses. Okay. Hmm. Uh, he, he expected he expected uh, people to keep the furniture that he put in there, but the furniture was not comfortable at all, and he was not thrilled that people right. were uh, tossing nose out. Yeah, there's a oh. whole yeah, the whole art decor back. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you take it all with the house, right? All right. Thank Lloyd, Lloyd Wright. Frank. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eric. Well, tell tell us where all of our listeners can uh, can find you if they, if they if they're interested. Yeah, like I said, I'm doing the Andy Weir thing now of the Martian. Basically, the book is free. Just go to CapeCodUFO.com um, and yeah, take it, grab it, look at it. If you want to review it, cool. Uh, I'll, char- I'll charge for it later. Cape Cod UFO, all one word? Yeah, Okay. Say goodnight, everybody. Night, Tango. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share-Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.